So the website I use to figure out whether something's going to be age appropriate is Common Sense Media. I always like cutting their stuff in half. They say 11 plus, it's like five and a half for me. So <laughs> That's your pro tip for Common Sense Media. Cut it in half. But here's the thing. The reason that they're saying 11 plus is because there's one use of the word fuck and an adult character drinks wine at home. <laughs> okay, so okay. let's so, yeah. record the intro now. Just so what is Milkless. Because we, I think we start with the name. Two dads, we love our kids, but then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast. So, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Milkless. Hey, welcome. Hey, 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 Milkless. Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt, Max, coming at you. What if that's it? <laughs> How's our first take? On this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about things that you wouldn't necessarily think you could watch with your kid, but hey, it turns out you can. Max and I both love this because it's a way that you can turn that kind of traditional idea of empty screen time on its head and instead have an interactive experience of good art with your kid. Does all that sound a little highfalutin? Maybe it does. Don't worry, we say lots of dumb shit too. Here we go. All right, Matt, today we're talking about media and media that is enjoyable for the adults. Listen, Frozen, Moana, great movies. Love these movies. Once a year. I don't want to watch these movies every day. I think you've prepared some uh, long form options like like movie length, show length. I kind of have been thinking of more in the category of like when you've watched all the blueies, What's like a good four to seven minutes interactive, like a thing you can really watch with your kid. So I think we'll go through all that. You know, screen time is something that like we think about in our house and it's certainly not unlimited. We're not hyper rigid about it either, but I don't think it's all created equal. The stuff that we're going to be talking about today is a lot more about like things you can really actively watch with your kids and be talking about it while it's happening. It's maybe like a little old for them or not something a kid would normally watch. So you're like explaining it as it's going along. Like let's watch something really fucking cool. Yeah. So what I love is finding a movie that you would never think a child could watch. And to your point, there are there's a bunch of pausing involved. But some of these movies now have become our kids' favorite movies. And we've started watching some of these at like age four or five. So you say lots of pausing. You you mean like pausing for you to explain yeah. the plot or what's... Yeah. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but the first movie that I did like this was Rudy. So Rudy is the the sports movie about Rudy Rudiger. He wanted to play football at Notre Dame. Nobody believed in him. Makes it to Notre Dame. Walks onto the football team. He's just a practice dummy for four years. He's just horrible. He's just so small, but he tries so hard. And he works so hard. And then something amazing happens at the end. And then he goes on to save Middle Earth. Yeah. <laughs> An amazing achievement. Exactly. Sean Astin. For one guy to do so much. Sean Astin. So, but that movie really kind of was very impactful for me. And I used to think about like, why do I love an underdog so much? And, you know, I actually wrote my college essay about that movie. And I really wanted to show the kids about overcoming adversity. So I'm like, guys, do you want you guys want to watch this movie? It took a lot of prep. So usually you need to prepare a movie like this because especially if they're not used to watching real actors. This was the first movie they saw that had real actors. Yeah, we had to pause a lot. If you want to put on a movie and set it and forget it, the movies we're going to talk about are not those. This one is one you sit down and it takes, you had to pause maybe every five minutes. Did you see what just happened there? Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's trying to buy a home, but he doesn't really have enough money. And that's why he's arguing with his wife. Do-do-do-do. Sometimes you pause for five minutes. And I think that if you are excited about it, it has to be a movie you loved. 
another one that we just saw the other day. We watched Apollo 13. Oh, wow. Um, Ready Player One, The Truman Show. So you said Ready Player One has a scene from The Shining, isn't it? Ready Player One. So let me just back up for a second. So the website I use to figure out whether something's going to be age appropriate is Common Sense Media. It's a great website. You get three free things a month and then you got to pay. They'll talk about violence, sex, language, whether it's drinking or smoking, positive role models, positive messages. But a lot of times, you you really need to read some of the reviews because – so you type in Ready Player One, it says age 12 plus. There's a lot of things that are 12 plus um, that are pretty benign. Like The Truman Show's 10 plus, Rudy's 11 plus. But there is one scene in Ready Player One that is The Shining. There's an axe coming through a door. There's – uh, elevator shaft that gets full of blood and it comes rushing down the hallway. Are they the twins? I don't know if the twins are in it, but there's the part where there's that naked woman's butt in the bathroom oh, and then she, then she, she like- turns around and she's an old woman and her skin starts oh. falling off when he touches her. Like that, talk about scary. God, I still remember that shit pretty well. No, I can't. And I didn't see that as a kid. I saw that like as a teenager, and I remember still being like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, that's scary for anybody. So that you might want to just fast forward through and say there's one part in it, and it's, you know, you 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 see it coming. But those are the sorts of things that are like aren't in Common Sense Media. You need to go down to the reviews of Common Sense Media to figure those out. But like just to hit really quickly on how kind of messed up some of these ratings can be, for example, something PG, and I talked about it in a previous episode, the movie Tangled. Common Sense Media says age five plus. It's rated PG. You'd think, yeah, show any kid anything PG, right? In Common Sense Media, it says one character dies, another one nearly dies after being pierced by a knife. I think they call that stabbed. Yeah, he was stabbed violently and dies. Our kids are terrified of this movie. They'll still reference it years later. Is it possible that every that it's going to be something? No. Like, Have you seen this? Have you watched it with your daughter? Yeah, it didn't bother. But like, do you remember Brave? I uh, actually haven't seen it. It's a really scary animated bear attack. And that one we've never watched again. I wonder if it's going to be different things for different kids. I remember as a kid watching Watership Down. Yeah. And there were rabbits and one of them had two different color eyes. And I can still picture that motherfucker's face. Yeah. Like that's the one that got me. It just hit me at the right time, at the right age or whatever. Yeah. Well, those, uh, yeah, those are relatively benign. I'm not saying like, you, you have to pre-watch every PG movie for your kids and Tangle will mess them up. Who's got time for that? Right. But I think if you're going to check it out, go to Common Sense Media and read the reviews because everyone in the reviews is saying stuff like, not intuitive to young viewers, too violent. Like, this is insane. Jeez, this is supposed to be a kid's movie. Wow. Interesting. But then if you look at something like Apollo 13, they say 12 plus because they say shit, damn, bitch, and ass. You got to take it with a grain of salt because- if you have a relationship with your kids where they can hear profanity and that, you know, you trust them and understanding the nuance of that, but then also like there, it is scary that they're in space and they might die. Well, that's my question. And I don't know the answer to this, but do you think about like, oh man, this is a really realistic portrayal of a man that thinks he is probably going to die. What it does say in the common sense media thing is like, you may want to tell them ahead of time that they all make it out. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. But did you do that? No, 
I, I think that they were okay with it and that they were fine after. It's just a beautiful movie. And that's why like, yeah. but we just watched the Truman show last week. We had to pause a bunch to explain like, they're like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. That's high concept, man. That's fucking cool. I'm like, okay. It's like, it's a TV show. First of all, our kids don't even know what TV shows are these days. I'm like, no, it's happening all the time. He's a Twitch streamer. He just doesn't know it. Yeah, exactly. But Truman show was amazing. They said shit a couple times. Yeah. Which is why they made it 10 plus. And it's like, I'd rather them see that than the tangled woman stabbing somebody in the chest. American film has always been like super comfortable with violence, pretty uncomfortable with sex and pretty uncomfortable with language. It's very strange. You can't say fuck twice without getting an R rating, but you can kill a lot of people in a PG-13 movie. But you can't fuck anybody. So I really do love Common Sense Media for the amount of data in it, but I wouldn't use the rating system. Again, one last example, the movie Once. Oh, that movie's so good. Our kids love Once. Once is one of their favorite movies. They know the whole soundtrack. They can sing the whole thing. It says age 13 plus. It's rated R. They say fuck some? They say fuck a lot. Oh, fucking hell. That's it. And then there's like beer drinking. It's Irish, right? Yeah. When you say like fuck in Irish or like feckin', that's not even a curse word. It sounds nice in the Irish speak. And then also it's like Star Wars episode four, technically, I guess, A New Hope, the original, original Star Wars, rated PG. Common Sense Media says seven plus. And look, our kids have watched it. I love Star Wars. But that has that scene when Luke goes back to his uncle's house on the, the desert, whatever, and they're all burnt to shit, skeletons. Hello? God, I never thought about that. He leaves, he comes back, and they're all burnt to a crisp. Like, how'd school drop off go the next day? <laughs> yeah, they show a skeleton, <laughs> a burned skeleton. Come on. Jesus. But, but with that said, there are great movies out there. There's so many good ones. And then also you can go like older kids' movies, like Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. Like Home Alone. It's Rookie of the Year. Is that pitch has got a big butt. Yeah. Funky butt loving. Rosenbacker. Yeah. Ah, oh, this movie's fucking great. There's a lot of good movies out there, and I think that it just takes a little bit of research, a little bit of work. Well, dude, I like your um I like your family tradition. I think that probably some of your movie selection, it gets pulled upward by your oldest kid. Oh, for sure. My daughter has not watched like we're just moving along a little slower. My yeah. I bet my youngest daughter is like watching Reservoir Dogs when she's six, because she's almost five years younger than yeah. but um yeah, I love movies. I need to be doing this more with, with my kiddo. I mean, you've said it on a previous episode that you will sometimes show your daughter like clips from movies. Yeah. So that what I'm going to be talking about here is short form. This is your Bluey replacement. Hold on. Bluey's not like 40, 30 minutes? Bluey's like seven, eight minutes of pop. Oh. I, yeah, I'm not a big Bluey guy. Bluey's good. I like Bluey a lot. Yeah. But what I like about this is most of this is stuff that like we watch on my phone while she's brushing her teeth or something. Mm-hmm. and we just talk about it while it's happening. So clips from movies lets you get into movies that like they definitely couldn't watch right now, but where there are scenes that I think are amazing. We've been watching scenes from Batman because Batman doesn't ever kill anybody. Oh. We watched the scene where he like flies into that building and then the plane comes and picks him up and he flies out. And my daughter kind of couldn't believe that shit. That was her request the other night. She's like, I want to watch like a cool, like a cool ninja thing. Oh. And so we watched Batman. My God. So fun, man. Why have I not done Batman? Common Sense Media 13 plus. I probably wouldn't want my kids to see like Heath Ledger play the Joker. Oh. But Batman begins. There is the guy with the mask that like he gives people the drug and then he's all fucking scary. Yeah, yeah, that is scary. It might get him. But 
this is my point. I would not show my six-year-old these movies, but we can watch scenes from them. I'll tell you another great franchise. Because what I'm always looking for is like a great action sequence where nobody shoots another person. Like a car chase, maybe. Mission Impossible, dude. Mm. He's fucking climbing buildings. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, you should have seen my daughter when he was hovering over the ground in the first one. Oh, yeah. My daughter was like, what's going to happen? And the sweat's dripping because it's such a good suspense scene. Toast. Toast. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, toast. That's right. That scared the shit out of me. So, um, so Mission Impossible has been really fun. If it's four minutes long, I can pre-watch it. And kind of my bar is like, it's all right if some people shoot at each other, as long as nobody hits anybody. Um, but we've also done some really cool stuff, too. Like, we watched actually a lot of the movie, like probably eight or nine different scenes from the movie Arrival. Oh, yeah. That was so cool because Amy Adams' character is like the best at figuring out how to communicate. And she's a very realistic character. She's like scared the whole time because she's just the scientist that gets pulled onto a spaceship. Mm-hmm. But she is continuously like brave and resourceful and really smart. And she's like the first one to take off her spacesuit because so to give him like a proper introduction. And so watching that scene with my daughter, that felt like Rudy to me. It was like, see, like she's scared, but she's still doing this thing because she's smart and she's brave and she knows what to do. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't show her that movie because I, her daughter dies of cancer and I just, I don't really want to put that in my kid's head any earlier than I have to. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I, I love that movie though. It's so good. So then when, when do you show that? You know, like, 10, 12. There, Common Sense Media says 11 plus. For Arrival, interesting. So there's no, but I always think they, I always like cutting their stuff in half. If they say 11 plus, it's like five and a half for me. So <laughs> That's your pro tip for Common Sense Media. Read the rating, cut it in half. Cut it in half. But here's the thing. The reason that they're saying 11 plus is because uh, there's one use of the word fuck, God no, I hate you, an idiot, and an adult character drinks wine at home. <laughs> it's like, drinks wine at home? Doesn't also a guy try to blow up the spaceship and like blow himself up and a lot of other people? Do they mention that? Deaths are people looking to violence as a solution. Somebody drinking wine in their home, but you can stab somebody. Yeah. It's so bizarre the way we think about this shit. It, you know what else it speaks to is you really want to make your own decisions about what you think is important for your kid. Right. Which is why a rival should really say what you just said, that- Look, there's a little bit of language. If you're cool with language, it's chill. The main thing is it's going to introduce a main theme of childhood cancer. Man, we need an alternate. We need an alternate ratings. We we need to make our own. How much work could it be? <laughs> I mean, come on. How many how many movies could there be? Let's take on big ratings. Big ratings. Um, mo- yeah, movie clips like that have been great, and we've even watched stuff from like American Beauty. I've showed her some directors that I think are really good. We've watched a lot of scenes from musicals. I'll tell you, I think maybe the hardest my daughter has ever laughed at anything she's watched is Make Them Laugh from Singing in the Rain. So good. I've played that for the kids. It's so good. Oh, I also had him watch from that movie, Moses, his toes, his toes, his oh, oh we sing that a lot around our house. Yeah. Just because Gene Kelly's dancing is so insane. It's wild because he's dancing with Cosmo, who's such a good dancer. Right. But you can just see Cosmo working at it. And Gene Kelly's just like floating there next to him. Insane. All right. So musicals, good segue into another favorite genre of shorter video, which is the music video. Mm. The best of this genre. And look, parents, you may or may not feel comfortable putting this guy in front of your kids. You're going to answer probably some questions about gender and ethnicity. But Michael Jackson's music videos 
are fucking outstanding. And we've watched all of them. And it's so fun. Mm. She can't believe his dancing. Yeah, Michael Jackson's sad for me because I haven't watched a documentary, but I heard about it. And I know people who are just like, it's like a hard veto. Just so hard for me because I, I I had all his tapes. And I'm basically like obsessed with him. But like, I don't know. I can't really. I don't know. think he wasn't a mess. And and I don't think he didn't do some really bad things. But I don't know who I'm hurting by watching his old music videos on YouTube. Yeah, that's true. Who am I hurting? I don't know. That's, that's a good point. Well, like every person should see Thriller. It's amazing. And like bad. Billie Jean with the light up steps. It's so good. It's so good. And his dancing is so unbelievable. But anyways, we've also watched like Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai is another favorite. Yeah. Uh, Sia has a lot of music videos where she like, you know, Sia for a long time never showed her face. Yeah. And she has this kind of avatar that's this young, seemingly pretty young, like 12 to 15 year old girl who's just an unreal dancer. So my daughter got a kick out of those. We've watched all the music videos for all the songs that they really love we've watched all the beatles uh music videos when they're being all silly uh-huh. dressed up in like weird costumes when they're going through their drug phase yeah 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 because also it's a way for them to kind of just sit and listen slash watch a song and it's a little more like abstract art because like my daughter will be like why did he do this and i'm like we don't know like there's these two people dancing in this cage together and she seems to be able to get out and he can't and they seem to want to be around each other, but also be scared of each other. And it's more about the feeling of that. Well, yeah, I just think it's our job as parents to not just plop them in front of the lowest common denominator or whatever. And again, look, yeah. Blue, Bluey's great. There's a lot of good messages in there. Yeah. But I think that there's so much out there. And then, you know, how sad is this when your kids are like, come watch it with me? And you're like, uh. Yeah. And you got nothing else. Yeah. So you just put in a little bit of work. And how, how money would that be if your kids are like, can we watch a Beatles music video? Can we watch um, the Truman Show? It's like, yes. Yeah, it's way more fun for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I mean, obviously, it's like what I've chosen to do for a living, but I really believe in stories and stories as a way that kids can learn important stuff. How often do you, as an adult, reference movies from pop culture? Like seven times per episode. Yeah. And like with the kids, it's like, I know it's a Paw Patrol movie. I know it's not your favorite, but like how many times I've said in the last year, if someone's afraid or needs to be brave, I remember when Chase needed to jump over that thing and he said, I can do it or whatever he said. Sometimes my daughter will get involved in like conflicts that aren't really her business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she just like, you don't need to be in the middle of that. And I'll be like, remember in Reservoir Dogs when the cop like got in the middle of it? <laughs> Like, did you remember what happened to his ear? <laughs> Maybe just, you know, stay out of it. Oh, God. Anyways, all right. So a uh, couple more categories in the short form. Yeah, hit me. This next one might be my favorite. There is some adult sketch comedy that is really funny that your kids can watch. Yes, love this. This Saturday Night Live sketch with the boss who's played by, oh, what's that guy's name? Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett plays a... Uh, Keenan Thompson's boss and he's coming over to dinner and, but, uh, and Keenan Thompson's there with his wife, but his wife doesn't know that Beck Bennett, while a very senior member of this company just has the body of a baby. And so when we had our baby, like just flailing around at the dinner table, we showed my daughter the sketch of this grown man doing that at a normal dinner. And she just, she's fucking died laughing it was so fun so so good and i love that you're throwing snl skits and i cannot believe i hadn't thought about this 
so I showed because you sent that over to me today. I showed it to our three kids, and oddly enough, our three year old found it the most funny because she still goes to a preschool where there are babies. There's babies. She sees babies probably more than the older kids. The older kids still laughed, but she was like roaring laughing about it. Yeah, it's so good. Here's another one. This one's weird uh, from the show. I think you should leave. Which there's not going to be a lot of sketches from the show that you could show your kid. But there's one sketch where there's like a band and they got their one shot in a studio and the lead singer starts improvising this really good Western song. The producer's like into it. But then the bass player who's played by the main guy of the show, who's always plays it like an idiot, just starts singing this bizarre song about skeletons coming out of the ground and acting like he's crushing it. And I just like, I just had to give that much context to my daughter and just watching this guy just flail through this improvised song about skeletons when we are both laughing that hard at the same time at the same thing, it is so fun. That is the best. I love that. There's nothing better. No, that's a funny one too. I showed it to our kids today. Our eight-year-old thought it was hilarious. Um, younger kids didn't quite get it, but I don't think I gave as good a context as you did. Yeah, yeah. That one needs a little setup. Like I think, I think the context I didn't give, I gave setup, but I didn't say that he thinks he's doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. what... That's what I missed. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I showed him a, I think you should leave the very first sketch from the very first episode where he is in a job interview and as he's leaving, he, it's a push door, but he pulls it and the guy's like, oh, I think it's a push door. <laughs> yeah. He wants to, he wants to seem like competent to the interviewer. So he's like, nope, it goes both <laughs> ways. And then he just rips the door slowly <laughs> off the hinge and he's like, see, <laughs> It goes both ways. It's just so stupid. That show is oh so stupid. Dude, I don't know if it's stupid. It I is. mean, it it's is It's stupid, like, but it's funny. It, you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow as a person. No, but also one in every four is actually stupid. Yeah, some of them are stupid. But nobody that does sketch comedy bats a thousand ever. I mean. No, but his whole shtick is like cringe, awful. like Super cringe. It's hard to watch. It's hard to yeah, watch. It can be, but I don't know. For some reason, it gets it fucking kills me. Oh, it's good. Um, it's amazing. And then other than that, the last one we watched is just nature videos. You go to YouTube, ring-tailed lemur, mm-hmm. uh, four minutes and 36 seconds. There's some of them out there that I don't like because they're like all about how scary the Amazon is or whatever. Oh, yeah. Which it's like, don't make nature scary. They're just fucking snakes. But yeah, the nature video is another favorite short form. So I think that's my full list. But I, I love that shit, man. It can just be a reset. Like if neither of us is at our best, it's like, hey, you want to find a cool music video and we'll watch it together and we'll talk about it? Yeah. It's something we both like. Love it. And we'll, some of the specific you know videos or whatever that we've mentioned or links, we'll put it in the podcast description so it's easy to find. What's the best movie you saw lately? I mean, I think the best movie that's come out in a long time is Arrival, man. Well, did you see Dune? No, it's on my list. Same director. Oh. That dude fucking crushes. Dune part one is really good. Oh, when's part two come out? This year. One, I want to see both at the same time. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah you can check them out at the same time. They might even like re-release in theaters. But yeah, go check it, man. That's a